0: This week we speak with Martin Pailthorpe, he is an executive coach, mentor and founder at Unbounded. This is one of the most fascinating and emotionally difficult interviews I've ever done. It's one that I'm not particularly proud of, to be honest, I totally messed up the beginning of the interview and Martin rightly pulled me up on it mid-recording. Martin talks about the flow state being critical to accessing your potential in, in your life and obviously in creativity as well and I wasn't... ...in a flow state in the beginning of the interview. I was following a script. Um, I was in my own head. I was thinking about the next question and the structure of the podcast. It's a new podcast, and I was thinking about my guests. And I wasn't being totally present as I should have been. And to my embarrassment, Martin noticed he stopped the interview. And the second half of the interview was a completely different experience. And I think you'll hear and feel that in the podcast... Now, Martin's challenge to me at the time was to publish the whole interview unedited, which obviously terrified me for obvious reasons. So I'm being super vulnerable here in publishing it all in its entirety. Um, But this is just a great example, I think, of flow in and out of action. And obviously, the more that we get out of our own heads and let go of structures and and planning and really quieten that ego, the more that we have access to to flow in life and to really unleash our, our potential, which I... the benefits of in the recording which i think is actually a really interesting uh angle so i hope this recording inspires you to do the same i'm going to play our reflections after the interview first where martin challenges me to publish it all and then i'm going to play the full interview after that so don't judge me too harshly i'm only human enjoy the chat Thank you for encouraging me to show all my vulnerabilities, Martin. What did you think of the interview?
1: Well, what was fascinating, Nathan, and I'd like to ask you about flow, your own experience of when you were in flow in that and when you weren't, because the second part of the whole podcast was entirely different. How did you experience it differently?
0: To be honest, it was, it was very different. And, um, I was just in my own head. I mean, you're totally right. Like the first part of the interview, I was thinking about a million different things that you've just talked about. So, you know, what are you thinking about me? What are the guests, the listeners thinking about me? It's a new podcast. So I want to create a a new structure of the show, but I don't want it to be dramatically different. I'm thinking about the questions that I've got still to ask. So I'm not really listening to, to you. It's hard for me to even admit that um in the way that I should be um so I'm there's a lot of there were a lot of things going on in my mind at the same time and um you were totally right to pull me up on it and say actually Nathan I don't think you're in a flow state and you know it it took a lot out of you know it it, you know it's um I was very humbled by it and it took a lot out of me to admit to myself that actually you know I wasn't doing a very good job and actually I could have done better and after I changed that I think it was a very different interview as, as I think you could you could hear
1: yes now now the fascinating thing is um so so how I see it is you were following a script yeah and and there was just not flow at all and then you no, and then it's like you tore up the script you just you just listened you tuned in <laughs> you, you were totally present and then we together just danced in a conversation now the experience that we have and then the listeners have from that that flow state is entirely different mm. it's an entirely different experience mm. when we're not in our own way now and my 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 invite to you and my challenge to you is to to publish all of this as the podcast oh, really because it's a beautiful it, it's a beautiful and amazing example for the listeners to look at what they're all doing themselves which is they're we're all we're all caught up worrying about how we're thinking about how we're gonna look the ego tries to create a persona of not being vulnerable um being sorted and actually when we're caught up that's just a whole bunch of thinking that but it's the very thing that we want the listeners to observe at. How can they be in this flow state more in their in their life?
0: So that part was Martin and I discussing the interview after we recorded it uh, and he, him encouraging me to publish it in its entirety. Now I'm going to play the beginning of the interview that I totally messed up. Let, let's talk a little bit about COVID-19 and innovation in in this context of disruption that we've all been living in over the last few months. Uh, One of the reasons why I wanted to speak to you was because really to sort of frame the discussion, I'd really like to talk about three three things. How do people respond to the crisis? How have they reimagined their business or their organizations as a result of the crisis? And how how are they recovering? So the three R's, respond, reimagine, and recover. So for the business leaders that you work with from early March when the pandemic first hit, talk about some of the positive and maybe not so positive ways that the best business businesses responded um, and, and talk about what you've noticed in respect of innovation.
1: Nathan, am I allowed to just stop you for
0: a moment? Sure, sure. Is that not the question um, you wanted me to ask?
1: <laughs> I, I don't feel you're in flow. I, I feel like you're following the script rather than going in the flow of the conversation. And so, for example, the bit about Kodak, I, ha- yeah. I haven't touched on at all. And um, yeah. and so so mm. so you're you're mentioning ego and steve jobs and um and and but but and you're also comp- uh, um you you also talked about kodak and i mean there's a whole nother element there around kodak and what happened there but then also you're mentioning groupthink and mm. it's like you're you're mentioning three things i'm commenting on one of them and then you're moving on to i know
0: my my problem is the problem that started was when I kind of got in a mixture about ego. I kind of didn't nail the question about ego in the beginning um, for that first question. And then that got me in a bit of a model. And then to get me out of that model, I said, I thought I would go on to another question and it's kind of just continued in in that vein really. So yeah. Apologies. I, I probably shouldn't have put in, I was kind of thinking to myself, what was, what did I want to get out of that question about ego? It seemed like a good idea when I wrote the questions at the time, but when I'm putting it in now, I'm thinking that yeah. actually maybe it wasn't it wasn't the right thing. It, so maybe uh, yeah. we go back.
1: Yeah. Because you're right. I mean, it, bringing up ego at that point also didn't feel right. And I sort of tried to, yeah. and, and I sort of backtracked and said, well, let's put yeah. that to the side. Because I know it did that even didn't feel flow, you are right
0: Yeah yeah that's that's where the problem started that's where the problem started and I got myself in a in a muddle Um should so what we did before ego what we talked about before ego was what prevents individuals from accessing new ideas and and you talked a little bit about that and then I went on to ego maybe we should go from could we could we pick up from there could we pick up from what prevents individuals from accessing new ideas and that would sort of put yeah. me back in <laughs> back in the flow state yeah
1: and yeah
0: because because really the really the crux of the interview that i'm trying to get to is this respond reimagine and recover section because i really i'm interested to know sort of how have your clients responded how have they reimagined their businesses and how have they recovered and then using kind the kind of framework of um you know sort of being quite innovative in the way that they've responded to covid-19 that's that's really what that's what i'm trying to sort of get to but i wasn't really sure how to get there and it's a kind of a new structure for me so i'm kind of working with it <laughs> as i'm yeah. going as you can see yeah,
1: but I, I think the structure and even the way that you write all of this out is preventing you from just being, I mean, a part part of the beautiful conversation that we've had in the past mm. is, is just by, I mean, fuck the structure. The flow. Because, uh, mm. The, stru- the stru- structure's good and okay until it gets in the way. and mm. And the problem with any structure is when it gets in the way of being in the moment. And cause what, what you're doing in your mind is you'll go, as well as listening to me, you're going right, where yeah. do I want to go next? I
0: need to cover this. As, I need to cover as this. Opposed
1: to, screw, screw it. You, you know, maybe you've got five points that you might link in, but the most important mm. thing is just, is just the flow. Mm. And so we talk about Steve Jobs or we talk about, uh whatever we're talking about and then let's dance in the moment of that because that's Mm. where the magic that's where the magic
0: that's a good point that's a good point okay well noted all right let's go (laughs) let's go back let me get myself in in some flow um and we'll start from what prevents us from accessing new ideas So, so Martin, talk a little bit about what prevents individuals and organizations from actually accessing new ideas in the first place.
1: So, so there's there's two things, perhaps, in the, in your question. There, what what is what prevents individuals from accessing new ideas, and also then what prevents organizations from? And, and so, if I may, I'll, I'll answer both of those. Sure. Um, what 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 prevents individuals from accessing new ideas, simply put, at the, the highest level it's it's thinking that they're having. And it's it's often the rational mind. The rational mind is the noisy the noisy thoughts in the head that get in the way of the intuitive mind. So the intuitive mind is, is where ideas come from in the shower, out for a run, when we're having a creative session, et cetera. And then the rational mind comes along with all of its noise and it says, yes, but I'm not a creative person. Or how's this going to look if I say something? Um, I'm worried about what people might think. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is a good idea, but it's going to cost a lot of money to implement etc 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 the noise in the head and, and also another thing that prevents ideas from um, from flourishing is the fixed thinking that I might have I have some hmm. fixed thinking about what's possible and what's not possible um, and the fixed thinking you know I, I I haven't got enough money to do this. I haven't got the money to invest or the market's tough right now so I'm not going to be able to get the money or hmm. or I'm just not a bold person uh, fixed thinking gets it. So it's all of that that then prevents hmm. individuals from uh from accessing new ideas in the first place. Do
0: you, do you there's want to say there's anything so much there that? to well, well, that's really interesting. There's so much there to uh, dig into. So firstly, the rational mind, how how do we quiet the rational mind? Because the rational mind is operating 24 seven, 365. Um, you know, it's on all the time. You know, What am I doing now? What am I doing later? What's happening with the kids? What's happening with work? You, the, the, the rational mind is constantly on. So to quiet that rational mind, um, Obviously, you know, we talk about meditation and, 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 and various other things to sort of do that. But in the business of day to day life, when we do want to get into a flow state, how do we quiet the rational mind?
1: OK, there's, there's many answers to this. And, and so, you know, the, the one answer is that Nathan, this is a lifelong journey of learning about the mind and becoming more observant of the mind and how you're using it because most of the time most people are just caught up in the mind and what the mind is producing they're not even reflecting on it and or analyzing it and or seeing what the mind is doing so um, what we're talking about is so the mind is this This is the the best resource we've got. It's the only resource that we've got to experience all of life. And so the more that we learn about it, the more that we can be be in tune with what it's doing. And the less caught up, then, we can be in what's going on in the rational mind. Now, it's about learning about the mind. It's not about controlling the mind or quietening it. Hmm. Now, yes, yes, we can do some things to quieten the rational mind. And, and I encourage you to do these things. So I encourage you to go for runs, do yoga, do meditation, because actually what that's doing is if we look at what it's doing in the brain, when we're when we're operating from the rational mind, we're we're operating at a certain brainwave speed. Um, and 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 that's typically a, a normal working day is operating at beta state brain waves hmm. and that's quite fast when when we when we do things like yoga or meditation or breath work or running or going out for a cycle ride or or chilling out or whatever is actually the brain slows down and we access um lower frequency brain waves such as uh, theta state and alpha state and actually that's the place where ideas pop in that's more of a creative way that the brain brain works so my first answer to your question is yeah do some things have some things in place that enable you your brain to quieten down your rational mind to quieten down because it will enable creative potential to blossom and reflection and all sorts of other things. But the other answer, Nathan, is to start to shift your relationship. And when I say you, I'm I'm really inviting the listener to, um, I'm talking to the listener as you. I invite you um, to start to shift your relationship to thought that's coming in the mind because we tend to be immersed in it and tend to be caught up in it like everything that the mind thinks is the truth Hmm. and and i'm starting uh, i'm sort of encouraging you to step back from that and to go well actually the mind is just producing thought and it's not the truth it's just a storyline that's being created. And the more I can separate myself from the storyline, the more I can shift my relationship to all the noise that it's producing.
0: Hmm. You also talk about fixed thinking and, you know, the fact that individuals may say they don't have enough time or they don't have enough money or resources, et cetera, et cetera another word for that is sort of you know a limiting mindset or a scarcity mindset but when the situation when the when the reality is that actually i don't have enough time in the day and i do have a lot of things to do and actually you know i don't have enough money to accomplish all the things that we that i want to do in my life how do we how do we get out of that fixed limiting scarcity mindset
1: well the thing to look at is this is this is the this is the voice in the head and this is just a bunch of thought it yeah, and and what there are only 24 hours in the day you know that's that's a fact but what the mind does is i i don't have enough time or i don't have enough money now what that does is, is when you when you exist in I I never have enough time or I don't have enough money just take that on as a as a bunch of thinking as a paradigm that you live within then how does it feel when you operate from I don't have enough time and I don't have enough money
0: hmm.
1: well immediately you're existing in an experience that is frustrating and constrained and when you live within that reality, it, first of all, it doesn't feel that great. But secondly, it limits the potential of the mind. It, 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 it limits the ability for you to challenge and operate from a different way. So what I would be inviting you and, and listeners to do is to observe all the thinking that you have that's just creating a story that's unhelpful. So there are 24 hours in a day and I can use them how I choose. And, and, and for example, that as a set of thinking then enables me to start looking at and seeing time differently or seeing money differently. Hmm. So I don't have enough money again, cannot be helpful as opposed to how What's my relationship to money anyway? Why do I need money anyway? And or if I need money, where can I get it from that I haven't even thought about yet? So I'm Mm. sort of playing with thought. I'm challenging the thought and inviting people to not exist within, to start to notice the fixed thinking, some of which they won't even know that they're operating within.
0: It's a, it's a challenging one, though, Martin, because to a certain extent, that fixed thinking, it's a self-propelling sort of wheel. You know, the, the more that we fixate on the lack of time that we have and the lack of money that we have is the lack of time and the lack of money that we have. Um, it's only people generally with an abundance of time and money who can think about <laughs> what to do with that time and money. Um, so when you're in it, it's very difficult. To actually see out of it and see any any way of sort of overcoming um, your lack in, in in whatever of whatever resources that we're talking about, it's a very challenging thing for an individual to do, at least without help. What what's the starting point?
1: Right, but it's not about time or money because because whether you've got loads of time, you know, the people that have got money can also still operate in the thinking that they haven't got much money or hmm. they haven't got enough money.
0: Sure, it's all relative.
1: <laughs> it's, all, it's all relative. And, and even if they do now exist in the thinking that I've got enough money, they'll have other paradigms going on, which is, hmm. you know, I'm not fit enough or I'm not healthy enough or my business isn't working well enough or my people aren't good enough. or So it's not really about time or money. What we're doing is we're looking at how the mind works and how it creates fixed thinking and how it creates, uh, self constructed realities that we live within. It's about observing that and realizing that it's all made up by the mind Hmm. and, and, and that it, it limits our freedom. It limits our potential. It limits our creativity. It limits our peace of mind. It limits our happiness. So the whole game here is about shifting our relationship to, to, to observing the fixed thinking, whatever the fixed thinking is creating and and shifting our relationship to it so that it, it lets out the unbounded, limitless potential that we have to be and do anything.
0: Let's talk a little bit about groupthink because from my point of view it's one of the most dangerous things that that organizations and individuals can can get involved in um you know thinking your thinking is essentially uh imported from the rest of your company or your family or your friends or your organization and it's a very dangerous and insidious uh sort of uh, activity to get involved in i mean you only have to look at Blockbuster and 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 Kodak and organisations like that who are no sadly lo- no longer with us and they engaged in uh, sort of institutional groupthink thinking that the challenges of Netflix etc um, you know uh, hadn't had no chance and they were they were too big to fail talk a little bit about sort of how groupthink comes about and and how do we overcome that in an organization where you know it is the predominant prevailing way that everyone thinks
1: yeah it's a really great question and um so it links back to one of your earlier questions where we talked about people and what limits people from accessing new ideas and and then there's what limits organizations from from innovating And and there's two elements to innovating. One is having the ideas, creating the ideas in the first place. And then the second thing is implementing those ideas, actually following through Mm. on the idea in a large organization to 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 actually innovate and to implement something. Now, um, and there may be a few elements that we can play with in this, but but groupthink, let's just look at that. So what is groupthink? Groupthink is when when a group of people has a desire for harmon- harmony or conformity. Um it, it wishes to conform, the individuals wish to conform or they wish for harmony, uh and that that they wish for that above doing the right thing or standing for what they believe in so in is a, it in is a, it
0: does it come from this idea of belonging we want to be yeah. liked we want to belong yeah. we want to we don't want to rock the boat <laughs>
1: yes now now you know groupthink in this conversation would be that i'm i'm worried about how i'm going to come across i'm worried about how you're, what you're going to think of me or what the listeners are going to think of me. And so then I create in my mind uh, what I should say. And, uh, and I don't even know sure. what you think of me or what the listeners think of me, Sure. but I'm, I'm creating a reality in my head that says, well, I mustn't say this, or I, mm. I don't want to rock the boat because, mm. and and so the desire for harmony and for looking good, et cetera, it then prevents me from tuning into my own wisdom. It prevents me from being a stand for what I truly believe in. It prevents me from accessing my ideas or it prevents me from sharing ideas because groupthink gets in the way. And that then shuts down so that the desire for the harmony and the, for, for the conforming then prevents the ideas coming out in the first place and or it prevents them being uh, executed upon and implemented and when that happens if we take go back to the the kodak or the blockbuster and the, there's many many examples of this this then also fits into culture nathan where we we have a perception about the culture that and the culture i i, I have a perception of what my company culture is and so i i don't take a stand for what i believe in because i've got thinking about the culture and i've got examples of where the culture has shut down people that have taken a stand Mm. so then i i don't speak up and say hey guys i think we should be fundamentally challenging our existing model
0: it's it's a really interesting one because it, it it kind of goes to the root of who we are as human beings to a certain extent. There's a there's a great book called The Culting of Brands. I don't remember the the author now, but essentially the the idea of the book is that um you know it, it's what we can learn from established religions, what what brands and and startups can learn from established religions in the way that they sort of created. A uh, sort of um, this idea of belonging, community, people like us do things like this, and one of the main ideas in the book is that we only know who we are as individuals be- through relating to others and being part of others. So, to kind of go against that and be the the rebel individual, um, uh, sort of goes cuts to cuts <laughs> very. Close to the core of who we are as as people, the fact that we want to be liked, we want to be known, we want to be part of something bigger than ourselves, so you 're actually asking people to do a really difficult uh, fundamental thing
1: well I love what you say here, and um, you know actually i've done quite a lot of studying of ancient religions and traditions and if if, if you look at if you look way back at the, the earliest religions like Taoism and Hinduism mm. and Buddhism. Mm. What was at the heart of what was at the heart of that religion was uh, ac- accessing the intellig- the universal intelligence, the intelligence and energy of all of life and letting it flow through us, flow through, flow through me as an individual. What what came along in the last hundreds of years was putting it in a dogmatic way to say, well, this is what you should do, this is how you should follow the religion, etc., 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 and it actually shut down this universal intelligence that, that, that is that is actually what what I believe God was, which is which is actually the flow state.
0: Hmm. So the this is thing... what you should wear. This is what you should say. This is yes. what you should hold. This yes. is how you should sound. Right? Yes. That takes away from that God. Takes,
1: that takes away from the God inside us. And what I'm, what I'm working with is the God inside us and don't get caught up on the word God. If you've got bad, menif- you know, bad thinking about that sure. word, the God inside us is the wisdom, The power, the boldness that flows through us when we're not in our own way, when we're not thinking about what we should do or what society thinks we should do or what it's going to look like to others. Except When we get rid of all that, we Mm. access the true power and potential of being human. And I'm inviting and, and coach people to access that power to, and that's what the boldness is to reinvent to reimagine to that that's so critical in this time, which is accessing the God inside us
0: mm. really fascinating martin I could, I could speak to you forever, but a uh, final question before we get into some of our favorite questions towards the back end of the interview um we're, we're all in the midst of a, a global pandemic now, um, certain people are sort of taking it sort of less seriously than others, but uh, it's still a very serious situation that we're in. And and many businesses and organizations now are thinking about how they reimagine their business as a a result of this. Um, You know, you look at sort of retail, commercial real estate, there is probably no industry and no business that that hasn't been affected by this what advice would you give to leaders about how they reimagine their business in the context of this pivotal moment that we're all in now in human history considering that the de- the natural default for a lot of business owners would be that limited mindset that you talked about earlier uh, scarcity mindset let's hold on to our money let's hold on to our assets and let's not invest let's not change too much let's do what everyone else is doing but as we've Learnt throughout history, you know, the winners from these sorts of events usually are the people who have been very bold and innovative. So
1: wonderful question! It's one of the topics that I speak on and, and work with people on. So reinventing, reimagining, and what what I would suggest is that that his—I mean, it's a terrible time in society, but it's also a profoundly special time in society for you individually and collectively for all of us to stop to stop the the old normal to stop the current modus operandi to go to look and say what are we doing and why what are we doing and why as individuals how are we living our lives how are we running our companies how are our products and services working and to really fundamentally question all the thinking underneath the way that the current behaviors and the current way that we're doing things and all of that is up for challenge and and the world is providing this beautiful opportunity to say well why could we not work from home before why did we have this thinking that said working from home we couldn't trust our people why did we why did we have the thinking that said we can't take our products online or we can't do this or We've got this opportunity to throw all of that away, to, to, to observe the rational thinking and the fixed thinking, to bring it into awareness, to then come from a place of creation. What is the world gonna look like in the future? How are services gonna op- how are services gonna be? What will our industry? be like how can we invent from a blank sheet and and that's really what i would be inviting people to do is to to go through a process of uh throwing away the old rule book throwing away the thinking of the old book to to be bold and to to look at things in a new light and to to Actually, the other thing that I'd say at this point, and I, I've spoken to a number of clients recently, one 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 of my uh, longer-serving clients um, yesterday said to me, COVID has prompted me to do a number of things that I knew I should have done anyway. Hmm. So, so this is an opportunity for you to really look deep down into your gut and go, what do you know deeply that you want to do or should have done? Uh, What do you deeply know? Because this is the opportunity. And that forms the foundation for a lot of the reimagination that is now required.
0: That's a great question. I should use that in my favorite questions in, in my speed round. Uh, I'm going to steal that one, if you don't mind, Martin. Um, speaking of that, l- let's get into our speed round now. These are the questions that I ask all of my guests. Um, and I'm really excited to ask you some of them as well. I could speak to you all, all day about um, about the mind. Um, but let's get into our favorite questions. Tell us something we don't know about Martin Palfourke.
1: Okay, so you you heard um, in the introduction that I've raced to the magnetic north pole. Uh, I set up a team to uh, of three to race to the magnetic north pole uh, with with eight against eight other teams. Uh, I set it up as a as an example and as an exploration of how to create a a truly high performing team and what that meant and and what it required. Um, and as part of that, I um It was a three hundred and fifty mile race. the three of us to the magnetic hmm. north pole. We won the race, but i didn 't end up finishing because I got pulled out halfway through huh so there 's a fascinating story behind that uh oh very long story, and also was fascinating for me to look at my relationship to success and failure, huh. seeing that that actually i didn 't make it there.
0: oh, what a. Sh- what a tragedy and presumably you'd been training for that and had been looking forward to that for some time not finishing that race must have been must have been pretty pretty horrendous
1: yeah yes at the time but it actually became one of the most profound experiences of my life in shifting my relationship to success and failure
0: huh really really fascinating well Tell us about some of your tell us about some of your favorite books. I, I mentioned one of mine earlier, the culting of, of brands. Still can't remember the name of the author. Uh, but tell us about some of your favorite books fiction, nonfiction, whatever.
1: Uh, I'm going to give you two books um, specifically related to the mind because that's my passion, and I'd, I'd love to encourage. If people have been interested in this podcast, I'd like to encourage them to read it, uh, one of these books at least. One is. One is called Invisible Power by Charbit, Manning and Crott. um Invisible Power. And it's it's a fascinating exploration into looking at and learning about the mind specifically with respect to business. Hmm. Um, the other the other one is uh, called The Little Book of Big Change by Johnson, Amy Johnson. And if you find yourself stuck with some habits that you've struggled to change again this is a fascinating book at looking at the thinking underneath those habits enabling you to break through them
0: added both to my uh, very long amazon reading list in fact i i've had invisible power for a couple of months now i still haven't started it, it's on my very long reading list, but it's gonna to move to the top of my list now. Thank you, thank you very much for that. Um, in the last three to five years, what ideas, behaviors or habits have you added or removed from your life that have improved your outcomes?
1: Um, I do a lot of reflection now. I, I set up my life in a sustainable way uh, five years ago, I was running really fast and probably too stressed and too busy. I now prioritize the health of my mind and my body because uh, it enables me to live in a in a happier way, but it also enables me to be more productive and more effective. So I do a load of yoga and cycling, and I focus a lot on nutrition and breath work and things like that.
0: Hmm. How how does breath work differ to meditation?
1: Uh, breath work is a is one of the biggest things that's going to hit this world in the next ten years. It's really really powerful in calming the autonomic uh, the nervous system, and it's a, a very very powerful way in uh, quietening the mind and accessing the full creative potential of 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 the mind um so it's something that i actively do with clients as well
0: really fascinating when i'm going through difficult times i remind myself of inspirational quotes from people that i admire to get me through like victor frankl's between stimulus and response there's choice from the magic of big thinking how big we think determines the size of our accomplishments or action cures fear do you have any things like that that you fall back on in in tough times
1: Ah, uh, you've stumped me. I haven't got any, ah, sorry that, <laughs> to mind. The, the only thing okay. I'm, going to, I'm going to come up with my own quote, um, uh, if I may, um, at this point, Nathan, um, sure. I'm sure there are a number from others, but the one I would love to leave people with is, uh, go inside for the answer, go hmm. inside for the answer, get into a quiet place and go inside and access your own wisdom.
0: Hmm. great answer and my final question martin what do you know about unlocking human potential today that you wish you knew at the very beginning of your career
1: it's innate it's 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 innate within us the potential is automatically there it's built in it's called the flow state it's automatically there we just need to get out of our own way and if i knew that Uh, Many years ago, I would have saved myself a lot of stress, a lot of struggling, a lot of insecurity.
0: We have been speaking with Martin Palethorpe. He is the founder of Unbounded and a quality of mind expert. If you enjoyed this conversation, then head over to Apple Podcasts where you can listen to other guests discussing all things innovation. Thank you for all your feedback and suggestions on LinkedIn and email. Write to me at Nathan.Innovate.show. Please head over to iTunes and give us a review. Follow me on Twitter at Nathan We would be unable to do this show without our very own innovators. Ahmed Ahmed is our editor. Genevieve Mageki is our booker slash project manager. Marion Begum is our head of research. I'm Nathan Anibaba. You've been listening to Dot Innovate. And we're done. <laughs> was that Was that better?